0: Today, we're going to talk about asset protection. It's one of the things we don't really talk about a lot, but I have been painfully aware that as you build your your wealth and doing this and that and real estate here, a single lawsuit or event can literally tear it all down. So thinking about asset protection now, even if you only have one house or two houses or one apartment building or anything like that, is very important also as you scale that you put the right measures in place and today we have rich dad advisor to robert kiyosaki garrett sutton on the show super honored to have him here on the show to talk about some of the things that you need to start thinking about as well so if you're interested in getting started with syndications yourself we offer a mentoring program at the forward slash mentor so if you want to kind of scale faster do your first deal do a bigger first deal avoid some of the bigger mistakes such as asset protection then consider joining our mentoring program go to the michaelblank.com forward slash mentor and schedule a call with us and just to see if that's something that is right for you at this moment. So I also wanna give a shout out to Zia on Amazon who left us a review for the yellow book. She says, I love this book, learned a lot about things I was wondering, simple language, brief explanations. I've been buying, selling, holding, flipping real estate last five or six years. Every mistake I've made, I found the answers in this book. Thank you, Michael. That's one of the things we, we do is shortcut some of the learning and some of the experience as well. Also, want to shout out Joel Belumboy. He's a professional basketball player, and he turned a multifamily investor. He actually signed up for a mentoring program not too long ago. He was working with our syndication expert Brad Tasha, and he reached financial freedom this past February with a 56 unit that had 6.8 million dollar purchase price and an equity raise of two and a half million. So, I look forward to having Joel on the on the podcast here sometime shortly, not too far in the future. With that, let's have Garrett on the show. Garrett, what's going on?
1: What's going on, Michael?
0: So I love sharing you know stories with you about stuff, and we've both you know had some interesting experiences today. we're talking about asset protection and lawsuits, and you know how we might be able to avoid them. But I was wondering, you know, were you ever involved in some kind of legal battle of some sort? And yeah, talk about that.
1: yeah, so I owned my first company before I met you guys. We had about 3,400 apartments and we self-managed everything and owning a property management company. You're just going to have lawsuits because you have just so many people. You have people that you're, you're a close, a little bit closer to the action as you know, you're housing them and then you have a lot of employees, a lot more employees. So there's exposure in different areas, things that you can't even control. So I, I think the most lawsuits or, or pending, I think that I had at one point and I was just like, this is crazy. It was 11. One of the more notable ones I remember is I, at the time someone involved in my organization emailed one of our employees, one of our community directors and said, mentioned something about their pregnancy. And it was just like one sentence, something out of pregnancy. And that put us into a tailspin. And all of a sudden we were on the hook For maybe as much as a quarter million dollars just because of this one sentence in an email that was just a stupid comment about about a pregnancy that you that is like something you never touch you don't ever go near that and this person or organization didn't know that and now we're in the middle of this battle trying to figure out how to get out of this (laughs) and we got really lucky because the person that was involved on the other side didn't lawyer up and they just took it straight to mediation and so we were able to kind of spit out of it and get away with like 20,000 like settling at 20,000 but we we could have easily been exposed up to again a quarter million and there's a lot of mistakes that can be made without you even knowing about it that make you liable to get sued and it doesn't mean you you should walk around paranoid everywhere you go, but you but you should be paranoid enough to do something about it and protect yourself when things arise. What about you? Yeah, I mean,
0: I, I unfortunately been in court a little bit, little bit here and there through the restaurants as we started losing money, we started defaulting on our leases, sold a restaurant to a gal on seller financing, and then she defaulted on it. I think the most relevant one and eye opening was during the house flip days, literally like five days before. Three days after we sold her the house, she filed a lawsuit. It was it was like a, for a half a million dollars. You know, it was about the floor is crooked. The roof is leaking when, when we bought all these things. The woman had two inspections, possibly three, because it was an FHA loan. She waited literally three years to file a lawsuit. She didn't just sue me. She, she sued my broker as well. So she was looking for money. And it was a half million dollar suit. Of course, everything was complete baloney. But you now you have to hire an attorney, which costs money. And it went to mediation, thankfully, and we settled for like $3,000. She got three grand out of me and three grand out of my agent. And a lot of emotional you know, strain in, in the entire time. And that was, and so I paid my attorney like 10 grand and I settled for three. And the profit in the deal at the time was only like 15 grand. So literally the entire profit evaporated through this one suit and and it could have been a lot worse right i mean you know it could have been a lot worse and so this litigation this this liability that can that can like this one sentence that you talked about it can happen like that and so you have to be aware of this you have to be aware of the downside the legal downside through lawsuits it's just so easy in our country to to sue another person it's so simple and and so you need to you know obviously do things to avoid these situations you need to be above boards do business the right way but then you also need to make sure you get insurance. Like, for example, I did not have insurance to cover a lawsuit. The insurance you get on a house, for example, is for the property itself and and possibly when someone faults while you own it and build it. OK, but it doesn't cover lawsuits three years later. You don't have that. And the, in, in your personal umbrella doesn't cover lawsuits from a deal you did three years ago. So you're essentially completely exposed.
1: And on top of that, like assault and battery coverage is so expensive and that. You have a shooting on a, you don't even just hear it on the news and something happens all of a sudden, that's a thing, right? And if you're not insured for that, you're getting sued by somebody involved in that, even though you had nothing to do with it, right? It's, it's kind of wild. And so,
0: you know, today's podcast is with, with Garrett Sutton, who's an asset protection attorney. He specializes in this. He's, he's been doing this for 30 years. He's a rich dad advisor to Robert Kiyosaki around asset protection. He's written, written now three books on the, on the subject and it's super relevant, guys. You got to really think about this and make sure that you not only do business the right way, of course, have the right insurance in place, but structure your entities the right way, and then do the, thing, the right things while you have the entities and make sure that the corporate veil can't be pierced. So we talk all about it on the show today. Let's get right into it with Garrett Sutton. Garrett, welcome to the show today.
2: Thanks, Michael. Great to be with you, too.
0: Yeah, it's been a little while since we, when, since we connected. And one of the things I never got to ask you is, how is it? That you became Rich Dad advisor to Robert Kiyosaki. What's behind that?
2: Well, they were looking for a Nevada attorney. I live in Nevada, as you can see by the map. And the, you know the, he interviewed a few guys, and I happened to also have played rugby. And Robert loves rugby, and so we hit it off over rugby. And twenty years later, we're still going.
0: I love that. I love that. Now you you have another, a new book out called Fail Not Fail.
2: Veil Not Fail.
0: That's got. To, what's what's that all about? I, I can't wait to see what you always got good stuff, Garrett. So what's what's the what's what's in that book?
2: Well, it's about piercing the corporate veil. And you set up a corporation or LLC to be protected. You don't want people reaching your personal assets. But when you set up an entity, you have to follow these simple rules called corporate formalities. You have to have meetings. You have to pay the annual fees. If you don't follow these simple rules, the courts will allow someone to go through the corporation and reach your personal assets. And this happens in 50% of all cases. So clearly, not enough people are following the corporate formalities. So the book involves real cases. We tell stories to illustrate the principles of how not to do it. And then at the end, we talk about how to do it properly so that your veil keeps you protected
0: all right so so tease the book a little bit give us some examples of things that people do which they probably do and like oh gosh i might be in trouble
2: well a lot of times someone will get a judgment against the corporation and the person who owns the corporation says oh man i got to get the money out of the corporation real quick before they come after the corporation that's called the fraudulent transfer And so that's not a good thing. The courts kind of get angry when you have a judgment against the corporation, you drain the corporation of all the money so someone can't collect. So we talk a lot about there in the book about fraudulent transfers. There was also an interesting case, Michael, in in San Francisco in 1995, the Communist Party of the United States tried to take over two private companies by piercing their veils And the judge in San Francisco said, sure, have at these companies. And the appellate court said, wait a minute, we gotta look at this. And so it's kind of an interesting case, how the courts will not allow the wrong actors to get into a corporation. We also have cases involving husbands and wives, you know, that that gets pretty nasty. And some of these family battles, you know, can get really contentious and just, you know, showing people, what they should and shouldn't do to, to stay protected.
0: Well, let's talk about some of those specific things. I mean, the, the real question is, do I need to even listen to the rest of this podcast? Like, you know, this is asset protection for me or is it for a bunch of rich people, right? So, so talk, talk about why asset protection might be relevant to a lot of, or almost everybody listening to this.
2: Well, at a basic level, asset protection is just like it says, you're protecting your assets from attack. And you invest in real estate, you invest in a syndication. And if it's in your individual name and you get in a car wreck and you don't have enough insurance, I always recommend that people have an umbrella policy of insurance to cover that extreme claim. I mean, that's the biggest risk out there is this horrific car wreck. But if you don't have the right level of insurance, or even if you do have the right level of insurance and it's an extreme claim. They can go after the assets that are in your individual name. So you have a duplex in your individual name. The car wreck victim can go right to court and get the get control of that duplex by setting up an LLC, transferring title into the name of the LLC. You have much better protection. Some states like California are weak. Uh, the courts in California say, all right, you know, you have a, a claim against the individual who owns the llc we're going to let you go in barge in and force the sale of the duplex wyoming on the other hand nevada delaware have much stronger laws and we talk about that in my books you know uh, start your own corporation we go into it a lot in this book loopholes of real estate but asset protection is something that everybody who invests in real estate needs to know about
1: so garrett how How do you think you should structure in our in our circumstance? So a lot of people listening are syndicators or apartment owners. How should they set it up? What's what's the best way to to do that?
2: Well, Garrett, the structure we like is where you, you know, let's say you're investing in a, a number of properties and you have a property in Colorado. So on title is a Colorado LLC. You have a property in South Carolina. So we have a South Carolina LLC on title to the property. Then those two LLCs are owned by one Wyoming LLC. And that's where the real asset protection, the charging order protection comes in. you If you get in that car wreck, it's an outside attack. It's not a tenant suing. They would have a claim against the Colorado LLC, but it's an outside attack. They have to fight through Wyoming, and Wyoming offers very good laws.
0: I've heard that before. Wyoming, Nevada, Delaware, these things keep popping up in various different contexts. But what what is it about Wyoming that really helps? And why should there be, I mean, once you get into some scale, you know, either multiple houses or apartment buildings, why does it make sense to roll this up into a Wyoming entity?
2: Well, it's kind of interesting. You know, the American Revolution, we were fighting the British East India Company, a giant corporation. And at the end of the revolution, the state said, look, we want control of our corporate law. We don't ever want to have to deal with a British East India company again. So most nations have a federal law. The, the law of the land is one corporate law. Here in the U.S., we each, each state has their own corporate law. And that means that states will compete against each other to be the best. And the three that compete against each other the most to be the best are Delaware, Nevada, and Wyoming. And they all offer the charging order protection for LLCs. And that means that if someone is suing from the outside, the car wreck victim, they can't barge in like in California and force a sale of the asset. They have to wait for distributions to be made. They're charged with receiving distributions. And you can control it so that distributions aren't made. Plus, you know, attorneys are on a contingency fee. They get a percentage of what they collect. They're not going to spend time going to Wyoming and hiring a Wyoming attorney to monitor a charging order. You know, they're going to go to the next case that has insurance coverage. So we like having the umbrella coverage of a personal insurance along with the Wyoming or Nevada or Delaware LLC is the holding LLC for all the other state LLCs. That's how we structure things.
0: All right, so that makes a lot of sense. So there's there's different levels of protection. One is, you know, you shouldn't be a jerk and you know act like it's so that people start suing you. Right? Number one, that's kind of avoidance. Number two is you have that insurance protection in case there is a lawsuit. And I think the issue really is is lawsuits in this country. I mean, I I I was sued during the house flipping days, and it was completely, it was it was awful. They sued for like a half million dollars. We ended up selling no lie for like twenty five hundred dollars. That's how ridiculous a lawsuit was. But in the meantime, you have to hire an attorney for for ten thousand dollars and go through all those rigmaroles. And and so the danger is, especially when you have multiple entities, multiple houses or apartment buildings, or in my case, I had restaurants. If there was a lawsuit and one of them, and it wasn't structured right, or you're not following some of the formalities to maintain an LLC, they can literally go after your personal assets and your other assets as well, which is which is crazy, uh, crazy to to contemplate. And so. You know, when we're all getting started, we don't think about the downside. I mean, I never did. Right. And so I I just want to make sure that people are thinking through some of these things. And, you know, what are some of the mistakes, Garrett, that you see? Well, either Garrett, really, what what you guys see in people making. I mean, I think the biggest mistake everybody knows about is don't hold stuff in your personal name. Okay. I I think we got that. But, what about some other mistakes? and And maybe some of the some of the stuff in your in your book is a, is a good one. But when you engage with clients and you do an audit, you're like, "Oh my goodness, here's one, two, three, four, we got to fix these five things, right? You have exposure here. What are right. some of those five things?
2: <laughs> okay, well, let's go through them. But I want to mention also, Michael, you mentioned the financial drain on litigation. There's also an emotional drain. You know, and, and you are out there doing business and then all of a sudden you're sidetracked by this lawsuit and it, it can really drain you emotionally as well. So we want to avoid litigation at all costs. And and like you were implying, Michael, you're not a jerk to your your tenants, right? I mean, you're going to keep the property up and you need to have insurance. I mean, that's for the benefit of your tenants, too. So, you know, that's something setting up the LLC for that property is important. What a a big mistake people make, Michael, is they forget to transfer title into the name of the LLC. And you've set up the LLC, you think you're protected, but someone goes to the courthouse and sees in the recorder's office that title is still in your individual name. You are not protected. So you need to take that a second step of using a grant deed or a warranty deed to transfer title into your name. You're not going to use a quit claim deed that severs your title insurance. So use a grant deed or a quit claim deed. And then, you know, you need to do the proper filings, tax filings. If it's a one owner LLC, it's a single member LLC. So you don't have to do a federal return. It flows down to the next level. So it's it's not that difficult from a tax standpoint. The other mistakes, Michael, are people just forget to follow the formalities. I mean that's why I wrote Veil Not Fail. You know, there are these simple things you need to do. You need to have a meeting once a year. Now that's required for corporations. Some states don't require it for LLCs, but I don't want you to walk into a courtroom in front of a judge and jury and they say, well, where are your minutes? Where where, where are your meeting minutes? And you go, well, I don't have to have one. Well, a judge, a good attorney actually is going to say, well, how do you run an LLC for 12 years without ever having a meeting? You know, and and they're going to score points with the jury. So I want you to have those annual meeting minutes. And if you haven't done them, don't worry. I mean, we have a service. You can contact Corporate Direct. We have a service where we'll clean it up for you to make sure that your minutes are up to date. You know, you want to have a separate bank account for the LLC. A lot of people get into trouble when they set up the LLC, but they don't set up a separate bank account. You have to have a separate LLC bank account, and then you'll pay yourself the profits from the LLC bank account to your personal account. But you don't want to be using your personal account for LLC activities. So those are some of the mistakes people make.
0: Yeah, I love that. And and I've used a service before to set up the Wyoming entity. And you kind of have a service where you kind of do this thing every single year, because who the heck wants to make these filings and do these minutes? Like, I'll forget those things. And so you guys provide a valuable service, not only in setup, but also in maintenance. So I encourage you guys to read Garrett's new book, Veil Not Fail, and make sure that you're following some of the, all of these formalities because they're really important. If you go through the trouble, and then you, you for some reason, go to court and you did and you're, you know, they bypass your LLC. What's, what's the point of that?
2: Right. And, and we offer a free 15 minute consult. If someone wants to contact corporate direct, they can get online with a corporating specialist and see if, you know, see if there's a fit, see if we can help you. You know, this is not difficult. And contrary to what other promoters say, this is not expensive. This is just another low cost form of insurance. And, you know. We don't want our spouses to get angry at us for not having insurance so (laughs) just set up the entities and then and then follow the formalities every year
0: what i mean insurance i mean you're not an insurance broker obviously but what what role do do you or other asset protection attorneys play with regards to insurance is there is any role you you play is just one of the things that you say hey make sure you have insurance
2: yeah that raises a really good point michael so when you transfer title from your name into the name of the LLC, let's say you bought the property in your individual name and the insurance is in your individual name for that property. When you transfer to the LLC, you've got to let the insurance company know that the title is in the name of the LLC because there have been cases where the insurance companies who have an economic incentive to not cover every claim will say, well, geez, I thought we were insuring Michael Person." I didn't know there was an LLC. And what they'll try to do is charge a higher premium. They'll say, well, the LLC is a business entity. We have to charge you more, which is nonsense. The risk of a fire is the same, whether it's titles in an LLC or your individual name. So what you do is you say, "Okay, leave the premium in my individual name, but list my LLC as an additional insured. And that way you get the lower premium, but you're also insuring your LLC, which is on title to the property.
1: It's a really good point, Garrett.
0: Hey, I want to tell you about our mentoring program because I'm just excited at what our students' results are. We have students routinely do their first deal because they're working with a full-time syndicator. And that mentor is helping them do their first deal faster. That first deal is a lot bigger than if they did it without a mentor and they avoid some of the biggest mistakes that can simply make you want to quit out of the business. So if that's interesting, if you, if you value mentorship, check out our mentoring programs at com forward slash mentor. You can schedule a call with us and see if mentoring is right for you. And uh, we look forward to having a conversation.
1: On this kind of topic and this line of thinking, as a business owner and entrepreneur, you know, there's, there's definitely other types of insurance like DNO, you know, cyber that exists as other additional layers of protection. And so what have you seen people do in, in regards to that? And, and how is that tied into kind of the types of protection you're talking about?
2: Well, DNO and cyber liability coverage are good for the right circumstances, all right? So if you're running a property management company, you know, you want to have insurance, but I'm not sure you need directors and officers insurance. If you're in a large corporation that has a lot of contracts and a lot of employees, you can get sued as a director and officer. And a lot of times people will insist that if they're going to join the board of directors of a company, like I described, they, you want to have that directors and officers policy but it's not necessary for the smaller situation it's not necessary for an llc that holds a duplex you don't need dno insurance there now cyber liability insurance is if you're you have an internet presence and you're collecting information over the internet especially credit card information and sensitive information if you get hacked and someone gains that information of all your customers There's a problem there and you want a cyber liability policy to come in and help, you know, deal with the issues and also cover the people who may have lost sensitive information. Again, if you own a duplex in an LLC, you don't need a cyber liability policy. But if you run an active business, especially you're collecting information over the Internet, that is definitely something to consider.
0: Well, even with investor data, right? I mean, we we have sensitive social security numbers, days of birth, things of that nature, bank account information. And it's it's important that you that you pay attention to not only the, the insurance part of it, but also just best practices that you're not, you know, you don't you don't house information yourself using a third party, things of that that nature are really important. Uh Garrett, I'm curious, is there anything that's with the law is always changing, tax law and just everything. Is there anything that's been recent that has changed or about to change with regards to asset protection of people probably, or should be aware of? of.
2: Well, there's this bill called the Corporate Transparency Act, and the federal government has determined that money laundering is a huge problem. And instead of relying on the IRS and the banks to to deal with it, which they have in the past, they've decided that they need the information on every single corporation and LLC in the country. They want to know the 25% owners of an LLC or corporation. And if you, let's say you own 30%, they want to have your name, your date of birth, your resident address, and a picture of your ID, passport or driver's license. And they want to have this filed every single year. And this is going to be a huge onerous burden for every LLC and corporation Owner. We're going to provide a service where we'll charge people to help them file this for the US Treasury. But I would prefer that this law did not exist. You know, the the government has been hacked so many times, and this is going to be a huge, attractive target for the hackers to get at this sensitive information. And I don't think it helps combat money laundering. Now, if you don't file the information, the penalty is $10,000 plus it can be two years in prison. So these are some pretty onerous penalties if you don't file. The final regulations, they were supposed to be out this year. They haven't come out. I think that they will probably come out after the election because this is just another reason for people to be angry at Congress that this burden has been put on us. So if you're talking to candidates during the election season, ask them what they think about the Corporate Transparency Act and the requirement that every single LLC owner in the country has to file this report with the federal government. It is going to be a huge burden on everyone and I just hope the law goes away.
0: yeah, that's awful. Now I mean, you talked about you know if you have a duplex, you know, some of these things are less important. Obviously, you want to, you want to follow the, the fundamentals. But as you get a little bit of scale, certainly when you buy an apartment building that costs more than, you know, $50,000, it becomes more and more important. So as people start thinking about this, Garrett, what, what should, and, and they're interviewing asset protection attorneys, what should they be looking for?
2: Well, I think you want someone who has invested in real estate themselves. You know, I, I think, you know, if they've been through the same wars, I think that helps a lot. And so, you know, I I started investing in real estate in my 40s. I wish I'd started earlier. But, you know, someone who has invested in real estate and has had to evict a tenant and and you know, it's just been through the wars, I think is good. I think you want someone who can appreciate the difference between Wyoming law and California law, you know? I mean, they are very different laws. And if someone who said tells you that California law is, offers great asset protection, I would consider interviewing another attorney because that's not the case.
1: So along these lines, so why are we talked a lot about like LLCs, but there's other types of companies that you can form. Why are LLCs the most advantageous or are, maybe they're not? And what other strategies out there exist using different types of corporations and companies?
2: Well, LLCs are the most popular, Garrett, in part because, I mean, they, all, they offer really good asset protection, especially in Nevada, Wyoming, and Delaware. Corporate shares are not protected like LLC membership interests are. They, the only state that offers protection, charging order protection for corporate shares is Nevada. So when you set up a corporation in Colorado, you don't have the charging order protection that you do with an LLC. Secondly, the LLC can be taxed however you want. It can be taxed as a C Corp, as an S Corp, as a partnership, or a disregarded entity where everything flows onto your personal return. So there's a lot of flexibility with regard to taxation with the LLC. And as well, with a corporation, you have two sets of management you've got the board of directors, and then you have the officers of the company and they they each have to have their own meetings. With the LLC you only have one level of management, either the the managers or the member managers. And so it's easier from a corporate management standpoint to use the LLC. So there are a lot of advantages with LLCs. You can set up limited partnerships. There's some cases where the limited partnership makes sense, but we're setting up probably 95% of all entities are LLCs now.
0: Yeah. So Garrett, you've written a bunch of really cool books that I recommend you guys check out. They're all written on the Rich Dad series, Start Your Own Corporation, Run Your Own Corporation. And then the last one is Fail Not Fail. So definitely think you guys should look into that. If people want to connect with you, find out more about what you guys do at Corporate Direct, how can people connect with you?
2: Well, the best place, Michael, is with corporatedirect.com. And you can schedule a free 15-minute consult at that website. People can always call 800-600-1760 if they want, but that's that's the best place. We have a lot of articles there. Uh, we you know we keep people updated on what's happening in the field of asset protection because things do change in this field. So we do try and keep our clients all updated. We have a free newsletter you can subscribe to, but Corporate Direct is the best place to go.
0: Awesome, Garrett. I think this is a super important topic, asset protection, because. Why spend years building up generational wealth when you can very quickly use it, lose it with a single lawsuit? So it's a very important thing that you guys not just need to think about, but actually act on. So go ahead and schedule a call with uh, with Garrett when you get a chance. Garrett, thanks so much for being on the show today.
2: Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Garrett. Good to be with you guys.
0: I can't emphasize how important the subject of asset protection is, and I think you kind of do it in levels. You kind of do it when you're kind of first starting out. You make sure you put all the entities in the right thing and. And to me, at the time when I started, I bought a book. I can't remember what it was called, but it was very similar to to Garrett Sutton's book, Run a Corporation that talks about some of the formalities like meeting minutes and doing the right filings and not co-mingling funds and that kind of stuff. So it's really important that you structure the entity correctly. Garrett can help with that and then run it correctly. He can, in the book, show you how to do that. And he has a service that does it actually for you as well. So I think it's really important that you do that. And when you get to another level, you know, you might say, "Hey, let's have someone like a Garrett look at everything and see if you've actually structured the entities correctly." For example, mine, I didn't have a, I didn't have a holding company, a Wyoming holding company. So that's kind of the next level. Well, let's restructure everything. It's a giant pain in the butt to retitle everything and things of that nature. So, I think it's super important. We've both been through a, a bit to kind of really think about this, Garrett.
1: Yeah. So the thing is, this isn't. This is like a non-negotiable. If you're in this business, you really you have to be doing some of these things and most of you probably are doing some version of that. But it's it's not good enough to just put an put an asset in your name. Uh, that's that's not not even, you know, it costs you maybe a couple hundred bucks to get this done. You just have to know how to navigate it or you you hire an attorney to walk you through it, but I would highly recommend getting somebody that knows this inside and out like Garrett to help you get to a level and then, and then there's actually, once you get to the the baseline level, which is just kind of what we talked about today a bit, there's strategies around it as well that can help. So now one particular strategy that comes to mind is, you know, with, with just an LLC, you're going to pay self-employment tax, even if you have depreciation on an asset, right? So that still can add up and be a decent amount of tax. So what, what I do and what you can do is, is to set up an S corp instead and you, and you don't pay that you'll just pay payroll tax. So it's, it's a it's a lighter then you pay yourself a payroll through the S corp. So that's something that maybe is just an example of an evolution of how you can potentially use these assets in your, to an advantage. And there's multiple versions of that, that are legal.
0: And, and this is where it's critical that your advisors talk to each other. This is where I really like what Robert Kiyosaki Saki did with his advisors. He got all these advisors. Who do I need on my team? He recruited those advisors and then he basically had meetings between them. And I, I have really not traditionally done that. They have all kind of been in silos, but this is a perfect example where, okay, you're structuring an entity through asset protection, but Garrett is not necessarily going to be a tax a, a tax advisor or a tax attorney, but why not, why not have your CPA work with your asset protection Person to structure the right entity, such as an S corp, which could be advantageous to to actually reduce your taxes. And even if you're a uh, you know high net worth individual with with passive investments in various different things, asset protection is super important, right? Let's say you do buy a rental property and you don't structure it right or using your name, and now someone can get access your entire stock portfolio or four hundred one k or whatever. That's bad. So whether you're an active investor or a passive investor this is super, super important. So go ahead and check out his website, Corporate Direct. We love sending referrals his his way. I've used them. I still use them today as well. Speaking of passive investment, if you are interested in passive investment, then check out our investment company, Nighthawk Equity at nighthawkequity.com and just schedule a call with us. We'd love to have a conversation with you. Garrett and the team are always working on new opportunities. We think that right now is a really good time to get to opportunities. We just have to you know, be smart about it and use the right debt and modify our underwriting in, in the right way. But stuff's, you know, on sale right now, 10 to 20% off. And we just have to make sure we structure the deal right to get in there. So we'd love to have you involved in that. So check us out, nighthawkequity.com. we would love to have you. So with that, yeah, keep moving forward, keep doing deals. Catch you next time.
2: Thanks for listening.
0: Take the next step toward financial freedom by checking out our Freedom Vault, where you can find free resources to help you with apartment building investing. Whether you're an active investor just starting out or looking to scale your syndication business or looking to invest
2: passively, head over to themichaelblanc.com slash vault to gain access to our Freedom Vault.